It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. We are on KCAA 102.3, 106.5, and 1050 AM. Having a great time here on Guys Guys Radio. We're in Southern California. Well, you're in Southern California. I'm actually recording this show from New York City. And part of what I'm going to be doing over the next couple of months on Guys Guys Radio is talk about kind of the differences between East Coast and West Coast and also my journey back out West. I grew up here in uh, the New York, New Jersey area. I lived out in the San Diego area for a while. I came back this way and I've been visiting out there in Southern California, well, for years on business. But also now my uh, in-laws are out there. They were in Temecula. They moved down to Oceanside, Escondido. And uh, my wife and I and my son, we're looking at a move towards uh, the San Diego area later this year. So I'll be getting into that. And I've been blogging about it a little bit. So I hope you'll put up with some of my insights on New York for you Southern Californians and also for my take on what it's like out there and some of the differences and I think some of the things that are so much better in California, but you know, I haven't been there living there for ages, so it's a little bit different now. But we have a great show this evening. This is Guys Guys Radio, the place where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. So what my job is, is to really bring you different points of view, different thinkers, different areas of expertise that people can share with you through my kind of Guys Guys filter. And as I've mentioned in the past, a guy's guy is kind of an updated modern man. He's a little more casual. He's got casual confidence, unassuming strength, seductive type of integrity because there's, <laughs> there's so little integrity nowadays, sometimes it seems like. Uh, emotional intelligence, timeless style, and, uh, and fun. And so we're going to talk to a lot of different people because I think everybody out there, particularly men, are seeking now. They're looking for more than just the paycheck and the mortgage and just the everyday back and forth that we do. And we have, of course, lots of distractions along the way. So we're going to be talking about men today. I have a special guest. His name is Ryan Thomas. He's, uh, he's in Vancouver, Canada, and he works with men. And he's gone through some of his own struggles as a man, claiming his masculinity in these uh, changing times and also dealing with women, some of the challenges for some of the younger guys out there. You know, it's not easy being a man these days, though I like to say that it, regardless of that, is the best time ever to be a man. If you can be a good guy and have integrity and go with the flow and listen and be yourself and be authentic, there's never been a better time to be a man. However, men are at a crossroads because people don't know what to make of them. But, you know, this is a time where men have never had more of an opportunity to be whoever they want to be. It is also a time where it's never been less clear who they are. So we're going to help men deal with that and help men define themselves and help men take a deep breath and feel good about being a man because out of all of the relationship coaches and dating coaches that I've interviewed over the years, I can say unequivocally, women are looking for men and they want a man to be a man in the best sense of the word. So we're going to get to that, talking to different male experts different female experts on relationships and dating, and we're going to talk to a lot of metaphysical people. As you've seen, if you've been listening to the show the last couple of weeks, I've kind of changed it up and different types of guests because I want to bring you the best 
different points of view, different things to consider, different ways of looking at the world. And we'll, we'll do it all through my guy's guy's lens. So we're going to bring Ryan on in a few minutes. Um, he's calling in from Vancouver, and we're going to talk about what it's like to be a man today for a young guy and some of the challenges he's gone through. I know, and I'll bring this up with Ryan. I come from a time, because I'm a, I'm a boomer, and I'm a late blooming boomer because I didn't get married till later in life and didn't have a son till later in life. So I had a chance to really stay single for a long time and and really enjoy myself. And I'm glad now that I settled down. I'm glad that I'm married and I'm glad I have a child. It's taught me so much. But I come from a time where, you know, it wasn't all technology to meet women. You had to go walk across the bar and say, hey, my name is Lou. Can I buy you a drink? You know what? That builds up some of the uh, social muscles, if you will. Uh, in guys uh, where you have to put yourself out there on the line because today with all the technology we have and we'll get into this with Ryan you can sit back and meet lots of ladies online or through the apps on tinder or whatever and uh, you'll never build a relationship unless you get together with somebody face to face and really get to know who they are and who you are so we're going to get into that my most important point though is that the show is for seekers and ultimately when we're seeking place we inevitably need to look is inside because most of the answers are already inside of us. It's just a matter of quieting things down and getting inside and asking yourself what you need and then being quiet and usually the answers will come to you. So that's our show for today. We're going to bring on our special guest Ryan Thomas in a few moments. We're going to take a quick break and thanks for listening to Guys Guys Radio. Okay, welcome back to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, and our special guest, as I had mentioned, is Ryan Thomas. He's a sex and relationship coach for men. He's a speaker, he's an author, and he's a mentor. And we always like to have guys who are helping other guys here on Guys Guys Radio because kind of that's what we're all about. Better men, better world. This is the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So this show's for guys, but it's not just for guys. It's for women, too, because we can all do a better job communicating with each other and kind of bridging that that chasm that seems to exist now between the sexes. So it's really fantastic now that guys are stepping to the forefront to help other men and help out with relationship issues. And, you know, guys, this is a time, like I like to say, where it's never been a better time to be a guy. Guys have never had more choices to be whoever they want to be, yet it's never been less clear who men really are. And now we've got Me Too and uh, that we have to experience. And uh, if you're a good guy, you know, you need to listen. If you're not a good guy, you need to be aware that uh, kind of the jig is up. And then we've got now the new Gillette ad that's come out that gets uh, some controversy and some pushback from guys. And then we have a lot of issues in terms of how men and women uh, together communicate or don't communicate. So Let's talk about Ryan a little bit, and we'll bring him right on the show. He made a surprisingly uncommon career transition. He was actually an Army captain for an 11-year career, and now he's a sex and relationship coach for men. He helps men become fully expressed in who they are sexually and emotionally so they can have healthier and more fulfilling relationship. As a coach, he's got a bachelor's degree in space science uh, from the Royal Military College. He's from uh, Canada, and he's calling in from Vancouver today. Uh, he's a master practitioner of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, 
And uh, he's a certified hypnotherapist, as I am also. And for the last eight years, he's taking innumerable workshops and training around meditation, sexuality, group therapy, conscious relationships. Uh, so he, we're going to talk about a couple of different topics, but let's bring him on right now. Ryan Thomas, welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Hey, Robert. It's good to be here. Fantastic. So I guess the first question that uh, the audience would probably ask would be, how did you make that transition? What was kind of the tipping point? It seems like you have kind of a spiritual underpinning to your to your life in that you studied uh, hypnotherapy and NLP, but uh, being an army captain, uh, very, very different. How did you kind of blend the two to become you know, the best version of who you can be? And how did you make the transition then out of the military into being, a, I guess I could say, a healer and a mentor? So that doesn't sound like a standard transition? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I wish I wish we would get to the point where that would be a standard transition because uh, anybody who's done, whether it's a military or corporate, and you start to add these other tools uh, and arrows into your quiver, it really helps you deal with life and uh, set a good good example. So I'm, I'm so glad you're doing what you're doing and that you reached out. But um, tell us a little bit about what was kind of the inciting incident, if there was one, for you to make this kind of changeover. Sure. Uh, there were a couple. There were a couple, really. I was struggling with a lot of sexual dysfunction, and I didn't really have anywhere to to go. I didn't have anyone to that I could go to to get that kind of support to get through some of the issues that I was dealing with. So that was the first thing. I was dealing with a lot of really bad relationships and a lot of anger and a lot of hatred towards women, uh, which obviously isn't all that healthy. And as a result, it created a lot of really negative relationships. So those were a couple of things. And then I had also applied to the Canadian version of the Navy SEALs. And, uh, and I put in my application. I went to Hell Week. Uh, Hell Week is a seven-day selection where they test your, your resolve. They, they test your fears and how you handle stress and how you can think under stress. Mm -hmm. And I got food poisoning. I got salmonella poisoning the day before Hell Week started. Uh, so naturally, I didn't do very well. <laughs> I made it to day three out of seven days. Um, and then afterwards, I had to try to decide, do I want to do this again? 99% of me wanted to do it, but I knew that I needed to be 100%. And, if, you know, if you're in a pitch black room and someone turns on a laser beam, like that, that light pierces through the darkness. You cannot ignore it, right? Right, yep. The same thing. It was the same thing. So I turned towards that light and I, and I realized that if I did join the special forces and if I became a killer and a fighter, if we all did that, then what are we fighting for? Mm -hmm. And does it make more sense to go and kill the thing that I don't want to see? Or does it make more sense to represent and add in more of what I do want to see mm -hmm. and be more of that light? So it was in that, that was kind of the impetus for me to realize that, wow, I actually want to represent more of what it is that I want to see rather than becoming more of the darkness. Mm -hmm. And couple that with my sexual dysfunction and the hatred and resentment towards women, it sort of all came together that, Got it. It was a different path that I had to okay. take. Let's un unpack those things separately. Let's start with the, I think, because I'm curious, and I think the listeners would be curious who aren't aware of it. When you say the Navy SEAL, the uh, Canadian version, I guess, of that, w why do you uh, characterize it as a killer versus a protector? How do they train you in that? That's question number one. And the second part of it is like, what is the most challenging thing that they, when you go through the training, that they put you under to test your stress? Um, so the, being a killer versus a protector, well, you can right. protect, um, you can protect in a lot of different ways. And if you're going overseas, um, let's say there's a hostage or 
there's people being beheaded. Um, mm-hmm. You can't you can't send them a nice letter and say, "Hey, please don't do that. Right. That's not but, nice." I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the positioning. Did they position it to you as you know trained to be this killing machine, or oh. did they, yeah, how did they kind of sell it to you? Right. Okay. Yeah, they, That's what yeah, I so okay. it's kind of like you, you want to be a hero, especially right. when uh, like young men, they want to go and they want to represent good. They want to be right. good. Like I'd say the majority of men, right. especially going into the special forces, there's a lot of mental testing that there, there was a two hour psych test, psych mm-hmm. interview that I had to go through. I had to go through, I had to get three stages of referral letters. Um, I had to pass fitness tests all to screen me before I could go to that selection. And then that seven day selection in in that selection, then you would they would if you made it through, they would still decide and evaluate you if they would allow you into what's called the assaulters program, which is a twelve uh, month the uh, ten month program, I believe. Okay. So what there was, was a the, lot of screening. Okay. What what kind of what was the fitness uh, bar for you for there to get into the program test to get into like the finals, so to speak? So you go through the seven day <laughs> yeah. thing. What was the fitness level that you had to get out? Uh, I think it was I think it was two point four kilometers in eight minutes, eight and a half minutes, uh, which I think is a mile and a half in eight and a half minutes or something. Eight minutes. Okay. Eight minutes. That's, a, that's a decent clip. Okay. It's it's a good clip. Um, then it was. Oh man, you're really testing my memory right now. This was this was eight years ago. Oh okay. I I didn't mind. I'm just I thought you know there's something fascinating about it. I think every guy wonders like. I wonder if I could be a Navy SEAL. So that's that's the reason I'm I'm asking. So well, that's we another can, reason why I did it, right? That's another yeah. reason why I did it before I joined the army. I was like, I watched, I was okay. watching stuff on TV. I was like, I wonder if I could be a Navy SEAL. And my there dad hinted at me. He's like, Well, there's only one way to find out. Hint, hint, uh-huh. nudge, nudge, right? All right. Well, let's let's go back. Um, so you said the sexual dysfunction, and I don't want to get too personal, but since you brought it up, was it a, a, a psychological or a physical or both or what? What, you know, you're a young guy, and a lot of young guys now are, are having issues sexually. Uh, I think it's stress-related, but I'm not talking about you, but just in general, it seems like stress is a huge factor, and men are really under the microscope these days. So what was, um, how did you come to the realization for yourself? It's like, I, uh, you know, I'm not having sex with women, or it's just not doing it for me, or what, what was it? If you don't mind my asking. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, this is an open, an open and box I, and, for me. And I guess that led to the, uh, anger, right. And the resentment for women. There was, I would think, I would think that was related, but go ahead. Just put, put all that together. They were definitely related. The sexual dysfunction, it was, it was partially physical. Um, it, it depended. It, it was for premature, for premature ejaculation. Um, it was a lot of anxiety and I was out of, I was out of touch with my body. And it also had to do with anger towards women. I didn't want to give the woman any pleasure, so I would end it quickly because, well, you just want to get off. I, right? I just want to. I just want to get off. I'm not gonna. I don't want you to get any. And then also, um, not feeling like I was deserving of her, so I would. We would start to have sex, and well, I wow, she's so this this woman is so hot. Do I really deserve her? Oh my god, I'm just gonna get out of here. Uh. And then yeah. end quickly. Yeah. So there was anxiety. I didn't realize this in the moment. It took some self-awareness and a lot of growth. Yeah. Uh, with- Let me ask you about that. Um, because it does take, I was just going to co- uh, compliment you on being a young guy, being self-aware of all that going on. 
and and putting connecting the dots. How did you, did you have to go into uh, speak with anybody to come to these conclusions, or did you figure this sort this out on your own? Uh, well, I I used to think that it was just purely physical, and I didn't I didn't fully understand. So it it wasn't until I took my first uh, NLP, so neuro linguistic programming, and it wasn't mm-hmm. until I took my first NLP right, training tell, seminar. Tell tell the audience what that is. So NLP just has to do with how your brain uh, categorizes information, how you think, and uh, your filters for the world, as well as how you talk about the world. Mm-hmm. So Here, that's, give, us a, give an example, if you can. Sure. Um, if I say toxic masculinity, one, one person is going to respond to it one way, another person will respond to it another way. And it has to do with our cognitive biases and our belief systems. So that's one example. If I'm walking down the road and I see a barking dog and it's a big barking dog, mm-hmm. um, I might, if I was bit by a, a dog when I was younger, I might assume that the dog is angry. If I grew up with big dogs and I see a dog barking, I might be able to understand its body language better and just instantly recognize that, oh, it's just hungry and its owner is inside and it's just, it's bored. Okay. Um, it, so it just has to do with our, our filters. These, these are really simple, simple examples. Okay, so you you had the self realization that you had these issues and these feelings about women. So what did you do? Um, what I want to do is lead the uh, lead our audience on your journey. So to see you know how you got from having an issue, conquering the issue, to then teaching others so they can avoid going through the same traumas that you had to go through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that I just wanted to tie into those examples that Please. I gave you. Yeah. So we we. The way we filter the world, we delete information, we distort the information that we see, and then we generalize. So we delete, distort, and generalize in a split second in order to validate our perception of the world and our place in it. And we do that in understanding that split second filter. That's what neurolinguistic programming does is it helps understand what that filter is um, and then break down the patterns there so that way you can insert new patterns and new behaviors and new beliefs that serve you better. That's what neurolinguistic programming right, is. So it's like um, you're putting a patch on your software. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Because the brain, you know, I I think the brain is a processor. And uh, when we go in, you you do hypnotherapy as I do. It's, you know, we're getting into the software and we're helping the client um, make their own changes, but we help them kind of repair that software on their own. Let's say somebody said, I'm afraid of the water. And you're like, well, you weren't born afraid of the water. And then you take them back or regress them. And they say, oh yeah, I remember that time when I was three years old and we were at the pool and I fell in the water and mommy was having a martini and flirting with that bar, flirting with the lifeguard. And she didn't realize that was, it was me. And I've been afraid of the water ever since. So you go back and you know, what we do is, as you know, is you kind of redo that situation and patch it up and, uh, that's repairing the software. That's how I look at it. You also, yeah, yeah okay. that's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and to answer your other question, like, what is it that I did with regards to the premature ejaculation? Okay. It, sure. So there was there was premature ejaculation, then there was also performance anxiety. So I wasn't able to get an, an erection, and that happened at a few different times as well in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I I recognized that porn was a big issue, so I had to stop watching porn, and I changed my masturbation habits. Mm-hmm. Um. There were, there were, I'd go through phases where I wouldn't masturbate for a month or longer, or I would do something called edging, um, where I would bring myself close to orgasm, understand what the pleasure was like in my body, and not associate it to a video or to a picture. So I would actually be in touch with my own body and, uh, and yeah, and my own and my own pleasure. And at that point, I could start to experience orgasm without ejaculation. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, it, it, took, took, it took it took some practice, mind you. It took some practice, but I, I'm. I did you teach that. yourself all of this? I mean, or did you? Uh, you're like the Navy SEAL of male sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> did you teach yourself, or did you have to go for any training for this, Ryan? Uh, I I spoke with someone who had read a book, and he shared his experiences, and I took a training. But the training wasn't, this was, that was one topic on it. It was, it was, I think it was like a half hour segment of the training. Okay. Um, maybe an hour. Uh, so we didn't go in depth. And then I just bought the book. The book is called Male or Multi-Orgasmic Man, The Multi-Orgasmic Man by Mantak Chia. Okay. And I started applying those, those practices. It was a little woo woo. There was some stuff in there mm-hmm. that was a little out, out there for me. I mean, being an army guy, sure. uh, and I having a degree in science, I was. Mm-hmm. They were talking about yeah. energy circulating. I'm like, you guys talk. Oh, right. me. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> like, what? What the heck are you guys talking about? Um, this sounds weird. Um, so, it, but I, I I applied the practices and I applied. I looked at it from a meta standpoint to understand the messaging and the big picture. And I applied those practices. And then I started to realize, wow, I do have energy going through my body. I can feel the sensations in my body. Mm-hmm. And it completely changed my sexuality. It completely changed how I view myself and my sexuality. Okay. So you go through the process, the self-realization, I have an issue. You learn how, how to create the solution. You implement the solution. Was there a moment where it's like, I got this and I, now I can help other people? And that's what I want to do? Or is that how it worked for you? Um, <laughs> there was sort of a point when I wanted to help guys with their sexuality, but something didn't quite feel right. And that was about four years ago when I was coming up with the intimate lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And right when I launched the intimate lifestyle a little over three years ago, I was running workshops on sexuality and uh, yeah, it was mostly around sexuality. But it just, it didn't feel quite right. Mm-hmm. And what I realized as well over the years is that amazing sex isn't about what it is that you're doing in the bedroom. It's not about your penis. It's not about, you know, fingering techniques. I mean, all this stuff is great, but sex is about who you are, how you penetrate your partner with your energy, with your soul, mm-hmm. your attention. You're the type of touch, the type of interaction that you have, your own, if you're, an, if you're an anxious person and you come into a sexual encounter with anxiety or shame or uncertainty or hesitation, all of these things are going to have a negative impact or if you're goal oriented as well. So, and I had done this before when I was learning a lot, I, I had learned this new technique and I'd try it and it's like, I'm going to bring her to orgasm doing this. And when I created that goal-oriented situation, it, she could feel it. My partners could feel it. And it would take them out of their body and they would go into their heads. And mm-hmm. when, once you're in your, when you're in your head, you're dead. You're yeah. not going to be able to experience an orgasm. Mm-hmm. So it's not, about, it's not necessarily about the physical techniques. It's more about the energy that you carry into your relationships how you engage, and how you engage with, with sex. And that's when I started to shift a little bit further away from the sex part and more towards who men are and how we engage with ourselves with their sexuality and how we engage with our partners to get them to open up 
Okay. Uh, do, you, yeah. do you think part of the, that issue, does it stem from, you know, you're in something where it has uh, all of that, the masculine trappings and trimmings where you're in the service and that's like, you know, people perceive family man. And I say that in a positive way. Uh, is, is, was, was that pressure uh, part of what affected you? And you think it is the same thing for the other guys or other military personnel, male or it could be female too, I guess. Well, I'd say that we we all have like the these pressure to become Uberman. I mean, was there an extra? Did you feel an extra pressure to be a, a real, real man uh, because you were in the service? Yes, yes, okay. I would say that. Yes, I, I would definitely say that. Okay. And I and I think that whether it's, I think it's sort of a mix between cultural and. Um, in nature as well, uh, a man's desire to procreate, and if things aren't working well, um, then I think it can. We can measure ourselves and measure our masculinity through that. But um, it's kind of counterintuitive when you can measure yourself as a man outside of your sexuality. Then your sexuality starts to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, so um, the feelings towards uh, women that were, I guess you, we could call them negative, resentment and anger, um, was this a projection of you were dealing with your issues and you were like kind of putting it in like, you're the cause of this, young lady. Was it that <laughs> like subconsciously? Um, there, was, there was some of that and there was also seeing the darker side of women and the darker side of the feminine. Uh, in the army, I'd see guys go overseas and come back and their house would be completely empty. And they wouldn't know that anything was going wrong, but their partners would have left them and taken, taken the kids. Or guys would go on training, then they would come back and find out that their, that their wife or their girlfriend had been cheating on them. There was, uh, in one of the bases in Canada, there was uh, the infamous Tide Box. So if one of the houses and the, they're called personal military quarters, the PMQs. And there were houses, like single-family homes for personnel living on base. And if a house had a Tide box, like Tide, tide detergent, yep. by the window, then it meant that her husband or her boyfriend was on exercise or on tour, and she was available to come and have sex with. Wow. Yeah, so there was, there was, there was a bit of infamy with that. So there was, mm-hmm. that created... And in being surrounded by a lot of men, we start to hear more of the dark side of women. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, especially if, and if women get together and all they do is just interact with women, they're just going to hear a lot of the negative, pardon me, the negative stuff about men. Mm-hmm. And so I started seeing that, which created a lot of resentment and a lot of anger towards women. Mm-hmm. And then there was also the desire for approval. I didn't get a lot of attention in high school. And I didn't lose my virginity until uh, much older. Well, I don't want to say much older. I was it was twenty one. Okay. Um, so I was I was desperate for women's approval, and because I had this desperation, I didn't know how to interact with women because I was also really insecure and really anxious. So I I created these situations where women would turn away from me, mm-hmm. or they would start to get close and they would see who I really was and then run away. And because of that, I built up a lot of resentment because here I was, this man where I just wanted to give love. I just wanted to be loved and I wanted to give love and I wanted to be a good partner, but I was so attached to being, um, I was so attached to the approval of, okay. of a woman. Okay. I got you. Okay. That, 
I was, I was too attached to it, and it, and it made it negative, and I didn't get the attention that I wanted, so it created resentment. Okay. All right, this is Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. I'm here with our special guest, Ryan Thomas. We're talking about men's sexuality and uh, some of the issues that guys are dealing with these days. Let me ask you this, Ryan. Um, I'm, I'm from a generation uh, where you know it wasn't all tech. I, I met my wife on Match.com. She winked at me. We went out once, and we've been together ever since. So I was lucky. <laughs> it's, it, it can happen. But I got skilled at online dating. I was having a blast, and I was single for a long time. However, I also came from the generation where before all the technology, you'd walk across the bar and say, hi, my name is Luke, and I buy you a drink. You had to do that, and you had to interact that way. It seems to me from talking to a lot of people and just from personal experience with millennials that I know that um, you know, the texting and the Tinder and all of that, they're great at it. There seems to be a little bit of disconnect to get the guy and the woman together to you know, have initial conversations. And I think women are like wanting to be, they want men to be men in the best sense of the word. And a lot, a lot of guys, they're sitting at home in their tidy whities, you know, scoring dates with hot women. Uh, over over the internet, and when it gets to the face to face thing, beyond the texting, it, even if it, the, even a phone call becomes a big deal, and getting them face to face becomes somewhat of an issue in terms of having the savoir faire to have a nice, you know, charismatic conversation and a little charm and all of that. It seems like a lot of that, and it's nobody's fault. That a lot of that has gone from the to the wayside because of technology. And so I think that like technology can be our best friend and our worst enemy when it comes to dating and relationships. What are your thoughts, Ryan? Uh, I've got a, a few thoughts. One is that I don't think a lot of guys are sitting around in their tidy whities I think women are doing the same thing. I think uh, we have this illusion of choice. Um, and it's, it's, it's highlighting our darkness when it comes to our desires. Mm -hmm. It's... It, so I... I, I I don't think, I think we all need to be aware of our baggage that we're bringing to the dating world. And to say men are misbehaving in one way uh, is, it's only looking at half the equation. Yeah, I'm not um, saying that specifically. I'm saying that, yeah, I think, sure. let me rephrase it. It's kind of there, because of the tools at hand, meaning technology, it's easy for guys to become lazy because before those tools were there, they had to go out physically, you know, quote unquote, kind of hunting. So it's not their fault. It's just they can fall, people can fall victim to the, the, the times and the culture and the technology that's there. And from what I've he heard uh, interviewing a lot of uh, women and women dating coaches and male date dating coaches also is that the women want to be wooed a little bit more than they're getting wooed nowadays. And the guys are... I don't want to say lazy, but a little bit reticent about uh, they don't want to be pointed out like, hey, they they did something wrong or they came up with an idea that she already had. And, you know, women don't have the same needs for guys that they had 40 years ago. It's not about providing, so to speak. It's 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 more of an equal partnership. And so the guys have to kind of shift their game a little bit more than women. So I, I don't I don't I'm not pointing at men saying bad. But I'm saying that because of the culture nowadays, it seems like it's you don't have to work as hard to get dates that you did. Believe me, I was out there in the you know the early '80s and stuff in New York City. You had to go up to the woman and introduce yourself, and 
break through with all her friends. Now, you still can do that and you still need to do that, but you don't have to do that. You can go be Tinder and go to a bar and you know who's on and available. It's pretty quick. It wasn't like that. So it, th that changes the dynamic. That's my point. It, Sorry it for definitely, the long it, no, 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 it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's conversation. It's all good. Uh, I would say, like, so I'll give you a personal example. There was a woman that I was texting on, on an app. And we had texted back and forth very, not too much. And I said, hey, let's meet up for coffee. I find it hard to connect over text. And we can get, yeah, let's you. meet up over coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, and she said, sounds great. I'm really busy this week. How about next Monday? And it was currently Monday at this time. I said, sure. Sent one or two texts throughout the week. Not all that much. And then on Sunday, I said, hey, you still good for tomorrow? And she responded by saying, you know what? I'm not feeling the connection anymore. So I'm, I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. So I think when it comes to online dating, people have this misunderstanding of human connection. We think that we can build a connection or get an idea of what a person is or who they are or their character through the text messages. Uh, I think you can get some idea of who a person is, but to say that you have a connection with someone, that you want to meet them, I think is a little, it's a little naive. Mm -hmm. When we speak only 7% of what it is that we say is through our words. Mm -hmm. Then we've got 23 is through our tone, uh, our rate of speech, our, um, our vernacular. You can pick up on a person's mood when they're talking. And then the, the remaining amount, 70%, is through our body language and how you carry yourself. Right. So we're talking 93% of, uh, of our communication is outside of the words that we use. So when we're texting, let's say with emojis and LOLs and JKs and all that stuff, you're getting maybe 10 to 15% of the communication. Mm -hmm. So that there's an illusion of connection and an illusion of understanding of who this person is. So I think that the online dating world creates, you think that there's more opportunities to connect. And there are, it's easier to match with people, but I think we rely a little too heavily on the texting to decide if we want right. to meet up with someone or not. Okay. Let's drop back to that. You mentioned the woman and the situation and, and you rightly pointed out that like, that you're defending guys a little bit, which is great. And that women do some bad stuff. And I completely a hundred percent agree. Um, this whole added this whole thing, you know, it's so easy to ghost and everybody, you just delete them and you just keep going. I mean, ghosting, it's now part of business. I mean, having spent a long time in business, I've gotten ghosted by clients when you are working with them. I mean, it's like the behavior has seeped into every area of our culture. So between bird seeding, bird seeding and nesting and uh, ghosting and all of that. Uh, I guess it all works. Everything works both ways. How, how do you advise guys to like in the situation with this young woman you mentioned to me, you know, it's like if somebody doesn't want to be with you, why do you really want to be with them? You have to have some self-esteem ultimately and not take it personally. And when you're dealing with online, you're going to, you know, you're going to have to, there's many fish in the sea. You're going to have to go through to find the right connection that has to be done face to face. But how do you advise guys to deal with sometimes the impolite behavior um, when you're dealing with some women? I mean, guys do the same thing. Guys ghost and women can ghost you also or say, hey, I feel different than I did a week ago, even though I've never even met you. 
which is kind of bad form. It's probably better you never met. So how do you, <laughs> how, how can guys deal with that? Because you're going to get some bad actors and actresses out there. Absolutely. And it's going to be frustrating, especially invest some time. But I think it's also important to recognize what platform you're actually using. Again, there's this illusion of connection that's there. And right. you don't know if you're actually going to meet this person. Maybe you're having a great text conversation. You meet up and you, there's zero connection. Maybe you're not exactly. having a very good text conversation. And you meet up and you're like, ah, and whatever. I'll meet up with this person because I got nothing else to do. And then you end up having a great conversation mm -hmm. or a great connection. So don't rely on the messagings that, that, you, that you have on the app. Don't use that as a measurement of... First of all, your value as a man, and if you if you really want to meet people, go out and talk to people. It might take a little bit more effort, mm -hmm. but yeah, don't expect to be to be lazy and just swipe and send text messages and then be upset if someone changes their mind. Mm -hmm. Every everyone has the right to change their mind, including you. And okay. I'm sure every single man who's been ghosted has ghosted on someone in the past as well. Right. So be just be be ready for it okay and i i wanted to i just wanted to Please. tie up something sure uh, so when it comes to men yeah men can they're like a lot of times men are just looking to get laid so they're swiping through and then they'll lie right. about their intent and right. then they'll meet up with someone and they're just being they can they can be lazy um the game is very is different for men like a lot of guys will swipe right for everyone get their matches and then select who they want to meet with the women they they can swipe right and they get a connection. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so they, there's, it's, so it's, it's a number, it's some, it's it's a number of, game. Some, number it's somewhat game. of a different, it's yeah, a different but, game. Yeah. 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 And we can stay really disconnected, um, but still expect to be wooed. So you mentioned that women want to be wooed. We can stay really disconnected on an app, but still have an expectation to be wooed. There's, you can't necessarily stay disconnected on an app, but then also well, expect to be wooed. Well, so I, I think I'm, the I'm just highlighting the differences. Yeah, I'm yeah. highlighting the differences. No, that, I think I think the point is, and I don't disagree with you. The, I don't think they're expecting to be wooed from the the texting. A lot of times they see it's different when we go out to a bar or something. Let's say you you know you've had a tough work week. You go out to a bar. You're hanging with your mates, and um, you don't have to worry about it unless you're. Unless you're a lucky guy, that you're going to have woman after woman after woman after woman after woman hitting on you, and just being some of them <laughs> yeah. will be nice and some being annoying. Imagine if you're a decent-looking woman, you go out on Friday night and you wear something that makes you look halfway hot, and uh, you have so many guys coming at you. It's just it must be just so soul draining to have yeah. to deal with that. So we don't we don't have to, you know. Okay, maybe if you're. Uh, you know, Matthew McConaughey or something. I don't know. A Hollywood <laughs> star. I just threw his name out there because I saw him in that ridiculous commercial where he's shooting pool the other day. Uh, but some somebody, you know, in, unless you're, you know, Jeff Bezos because of his money or whatever, you're not going to have the women are not just going to be throwing themselves at you if you're a regular guy. Yet if you're a regular woman and you're good looking, you're going to have guys all over you. So I, I, I always try to give women a, a, a benefit of the doubt there because they have to use the uh, power of the internet to uh, um, to do some screening for them, to do some qualifying, because there's a lot of creepy guys and um, that can't be trusted. So they have to be a little distant. But when you get together, 
then I think is when, well, they expect, I think, the guys on technology to behave as gentlemen and read their profile and not make spelling errors and stuff like that, even though to me, I don't know that's why that's so important. Of course, reading the, reading the profile is important and mentioning that instead of just saying, hey, you're hot. But uh, when they beat up, <laughs> when you start to get something going, they expect a little romance. And it seems like this is a world lacking in romance these days. Okay, I, I, see, I see now what it is that you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely agree that as men, we can do everything that we can to understand women better. Especially if we, if we want to get our needs met, we have to understand right. women and provide their needs. Okay. You know, do what you can to look after a woman. I mean, don't, don't expect to go and get laid and start dating someone and say, well, I want a woman who's going to treat me like a king, but mm-hmm. then not do your part in treating her like an absolute queen. Exactly. It, it's, it's absolutely reciprocal. So when it, when it comes to the dating world, don't get upset about what the other gender is doing because you yourself, you're, no, you're, no, you're, not, you're not perfect. Mm-hmm. You're not perfect. And if you've got a lot of good to offer, well, great, awesome. Mm-hmm. But don't, don't, expect, don't expect the other gender to be exactly the way you want them to be. Instead, do what you can to understand the other gender and understand what their needs are, and then do what you can to support them in, in every possible way that you can. That's going to be a great way to, to get a positive relationship. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that we can place our expectations under the other gender a little bit too much. Uh, okay. Rather than doing what we can't understand them. All right, I agree. Um, let's talk. Let's get on. We're both guys. Let's get on the guy side of the fence here, so the ladies out there can hear kind of where we're coming from. Uh, let's talk about two subjects. You mentioned the term toxic masculinity that's kind of come out recently, and I I don't think it's a fair term um, because it says basically it says poisonous men, and uh, sure they're poisonous men, and there's poisonous all you know reptiles and poisonous women too, but we don't say toxic femininity. We'd never, we would never say that. So I think that's a bit harsh. There are some bad actors out there, of course. Um, but you have that. We've got Me Too that, you know, if you're a guy who's been respectful to women, um, you probably made mistakes because we all have. Um, but if you've been pretty much a straight shooter along the way, we still have to, you know, it's like in football, some guy grabs the face mask. We all go back 15 yards. You just have to put up with it. That's my opinion. It's like, you know what? You can't complain. Just because you're a good guy doesn't mean guys on your team have been, have been good guys. So you, we, have to, we have to pay the price along with uh, the rest of men for a lot of powerful men's bad behavior. So there's that. And then there's, uh, uh, there's uh, Me Too. And so what, what are your thoughts on like where uh, – and there's a Gillette ad. Sorry. Third thing. Uh, Gillette ad came out and basically a lot of people are saying, you know, don't wag your finger at me while you're trying to sell me razor blades just because millennials aren't buying your products anymore. And I, I totally get that. I think the message for the Gillette ad is great. I don't like it to be embedded in a 30 second or 60 second ad. I think if they developed a men's program, men's educational program, that would be a lot better than uh, you know, sliding it into their traditional advertising budget uh, because it's, it's like, why are you, you know, why are you telling me this? Why you want me to buy your razor blades? It's like right message, wrong timings off for me a little bit. And I've gotten pushback from women on that. Like I watched the commercial, the Gillette commercial, I cried. And uh, I, I understand the message. I think it's great. But to me, it's like, let's do it properly. Let's set up an education thing. Let's educate men 
instead of wagging fingers at them while we're selling them razor blades. Gillette, you can do better than that. What are your thoughts, Ryan, on all of this stuff? I threw a lot at you. Yeah, the first thing that comes up for me is... <laughs> Sorry. No, it's all good. Uh, the first thing that comes up for me is uh, on, an, on a team, on a football team, a guy grabs a face mask, everyone moves back 15 yards. I think that's actually an indication towards racism and sexism. If one person does something wrong, one black guy does something wrong, commits a murder, robs a bank, well, now black guys are murderers. Black guys are criminals. There's a, bi- there's a bias there. People assume, oh, there's a black guy who's a gangster in a movie. Oh, I'm going to look at black guys and be intimidated. Why should all African Americans or, or black people, I'm not sure the, the term, but mm-hmm. I don't really hold any emotion towards it. Like, why should all black people have to deal with that? So it's the exact same concept. So we're, we're all, we are all individuals. And I mean, if I look at the women who um, have abused the, the, the family courts, does that mean that I should look at women as, you know, just greedy and manipulative and wanting to hurt men? No, absolutely not. And same thing for men. There are some, some men in high power positions that have abused their power. And I don't think that it's uh, safe or reasonable to look at men in general and say, well, men, you're going to have to go back 10 to 15 yards because of these people. We're all individuals and we have to understand our own capacity to cause harm and our own capacity to do good. We have to be able to embrace both the dark side of who we are as well as our light side and then integrate both of those. Mm -hmm. If we don't do that, then if I can look at my dark side and if I can admit the ways that I could cause harm, then when that temptation comes up, I can look at it, say, oh, yeah, I have that desire to cause harm. I don't want to do that. Instead, I want to input something good in the world, Mm -hmm. right? I can, I can make a choice. If I don't understand my dark side, then when it comes up, it will be reactive. I'm going to react to that darkness. All right. Let me and I'm going to do... Okay. So I, 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 I want to okay. tie this up. If I understand that darkness, I can have compassion for it. Mm-hmm. If I can have compassion for my darkness and all the ways that I've screwed up and I could be bad, then that means that I can look at someone else doing something really bad and hold compassion for their dark side. And then I can guide them out of that mm-hmm. because I understand that. And I'm, I'm, I'm not judging them. I'm not saying you're a horrible person. I'm saying what you did was wrong. It's coming from a dark place. This is what we can do to create a better world. Right. Does oh, this I, make sense? What I'm saying yeah, here? It, it makes sense. Um, but I think we're looking at it from two different angles. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, when it goes with like with the 15 yard penalty, basically what I'm saying is, I think you're saying was every individual has to be judged as an individual and has to work on themselves by recognizing their dark side. I agree a thousand percent. The other thing I'm saying though, I'm coming at it at a different angle is like a a lot of guys who get angry with the me too, the backlash and some of the uh, like piling on, on men is not to take it personally. Just realize that, you know, for the last 6,000 years, women have been used and women have been kept down. And now they're on a very straight trajectory to getting um, uh, recognized, long overdue recognition for a lot of their achievements. They're getting closer to equal pay, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of the repression has been ingrained culturally, generation upon generation upon generation. So we are actually in some ways paying, you know, getting some of that backlash for things that have been done even centuries ago just by being men. So I don't mean to say all men are bad, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is 
guys, you have to be empathetic from where women are coming from because you're going to get some dings that, that, that you haven't done, you, things you haven't done, but you're going to have to listen to some of that and you have to listen actively. The way to improve the situation is exactly what you're saying, Ryan, is to recognize your shadow, come out of it, uh, let the light lead the way, and then help others. So I think we're kind of saying the same thing. We're coming at it from two different vantage points. Yeah, yeah. The way that you can handle, I guess, sort of on a societal level is that we have to look at things as though it's a relationship. Is it a dysfunctional relationship or a productive relationship? And if you're in a, and if, if you're in a relationship with someone and your partner is yelling at you and mad, mm-hmm. take a moment. Don't react. Don't get defensive. Exactly. Take a moment. Listen to them. Right. Listen to them. Understand what their needs are. Understand where they're coming from. You don't have to agree with where the other person is coming from, but you can understand them. If you can understand them, you can have compassion for them, and then you can have a discussion for what, you know, you can, have, you can discuss the way ahead. Mm-hmm. But you can't discuss the way ahead or come together as a team if one person is yelling, the other person isn't listening and being defensive. And it goes, exactly. it, it goes both ways. It goes yep. both ways. Um, fantastic. Um, we're getting short on time, but I want to, and we want to talk about your program. So why don't you take a few minutes, talk about your, uh, your seminars, the work you do, where everybody can find you. First of all, you did a great job here. It's great to have a different perspective. I don't expect people and particularly guys to come in the show and we're going to agree specifically on everything, but if we find common ground to talk about and have a conversation like we have, Thoroughly enjoyable, and I think it really helps everybody involved. So, first of all, thank you for being you and for being so honest with your experience and talking about the importance of uh, recognizing your shadow and using your light to to, to lead the way and help others. And um, why don't you go ahead and take the floor and tell the audience what they need to know about you, where they can find you, the work you're doing. Sure, absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah, I I work with men uh, who are relationship-focused. Uh, so there are programs for guys who want to go and pick up women or get later, just get numbers and feel more confident in, in dating women. That's not who I work with. I work with guys who are relationship focused, decently comfortable with meeting women and just want to understand why they're choosing the wrong partners. Um, or once they do get a partner, how they can ensure that the relationship is productive and healthy to make sure that they get respect and that they're appreciated, that they earn her trust and her respect um, and to make sure that they can have a really fulfilling sex life. So that's essentially what it is that I do. Um, And a lot of it comes down to understanding. So the program that I have, the purpose of it is to understand why you choose the partners that you do, why you make the decisions that you do, your value systems for relationships, um, removing a lot of anxiety and shame, resentment, jealousy, and understanding where that stuff is coming up. Uh, So that way, when you release that stuff and you can remove that from your relationship, you can actually start to handle conflict in a way that brings you two closer together uh, in a way where your partner is going to feel heard, understood and loved. And if she feels that way, she's going to shower you with it as well. So that's, that's what I do with my program, the noble okay. lover. All right. Where can everybody find you and the work you do? Uh, the intimate or you can find me on Facebook, Ryan Thomas, T I L. Awesome. Listen, great job. Such a pleasure meeting you. Um, the way I like to do things on the show is somebody reaches out. I take a look and see the type of work they're doing. I don't dig too deep. 
I say, I got a good feeling about this. It's going to be a great conversation. And it has. And I'm so glad we've met. And maybe we can do it again because we just scratched the surface. I got two pages of questions. And there's so many <laughs> issues that we can go into to, to help guys out. And I think they really need to hear things from different vantage points and different perspectives. So thank you, Ryan Thomas. No, thank you very much for having me on the show. Is uh, like talking about some of the dating stuff was uh, it was a little hard. That's not in order, like the the apps and everything. It's such a complex topic, and yes. you know the truth really is somewhere in the middle, and it can be really hard to bring that together in such a short amount of time to have this conversation. So, yep. But thank thank you for an uh, encouraging, challenging discussion. Appreciate yep. it. And I hope the uh, the guys can relate to uh, you know the different perspectives, and also the ladies can understand. You know, this is kind of where guys are coming from. Here's the different ways they can look at things, and um, uh, I think that can help. Uh, what I want to do is help bridge that communication chasm between men and women because it's it's deep and it's wide. And guys like us, Ryan, can do what we can to get the word out there so everybody can make their own informed decisions about how they want to roll. Awesome. I like it. All right. All right. Be good, Ryan. And thanks so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Cool. Okay, we're back on Guys Guys Radio. That was an interesting discussion. You know, I bring guests on, everybody's going to have their point of view. I don't necessarily endorse every point of view of every one of my guests, but I screen them and we have a forum and we talk about it and then it's up to you to decide, hey, I like what that guy said or, you know what, I don't disagree or, hey, guy, guy, guy's guy, I'm not buying into what you're saying right now. But what my job is, as I've mentioned, is I'll bring you the information. I'll bring you the quote-unquote experts. And you can determine, hey, is this something that I want to work into my life, work into my game? And uh, that's how we roll here on Guys Guys Radio. This is a show where, where men and women can be at their best. Everyone wins. So I'm doing everything I can to bring you lots of new information and things to consider. This all started, as I've mentioned a few times, with my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. You can pick it up on Amazon. Um, my blog is at robertmanni, M-A-N-N-I dot com. There's over 300 blog posts there. We cover some of those topics on the show. And, of course, we're uh, all over. Besides KCAA, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, Blog Talk Radio, and we're going to be going on to iHeartRadio. So thanks so much for your support. It's a pleasure being here on Guys Guys Radio. I look forward to bringing you more interesting guests, and we're going to be back next week, same time, same place. And as I always like to say, remember, guys, guys, finish first.